Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Well, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, episode number 180. We're closing in on that 200 mark, and as I think about it, it's still a while away. That would make it like 10 weeks out with two shows a week, but 10 weeks is going to fly by in no time, and I am trying to come up with ideas for who to have on episode 200. So if you know anybody who's famous in business and you would like to share that idea with me, I'm really looking for someone that's like out of my like area that I can reach them. So if you happen to be Mark Cuban's brother or uh, somebody like that, just call me and say, hey, I've got guest number 200 all lined up for you and, and, and that would make my day really happy. So we've come a long way since we started this a year and a half ago and we've had some really good shows and we're interviewing really cool people and the audience, you know, it grew for a while, then it leveled out. All of a sudden, we are getting a lot more attention for this show. So thank you, thank you for all of you who tell your friends about cool things entrepreneurs do, those of us who follow us on Twitter, at Cool Podcast, and uh, everything else, because this is a fun project for me, and I like the feedback that I get from everybody about how much they enjoy the interviews, because the people who are coming on the show, they are doing amazing things things, just like today's guest. So I first met today's guest, I want to say six years ago when I spoke at a conference in New York, and she was one of the other featured speakers, and she was at the time there wearing a lab coat. And I'll make her tell you why she was wearing a lab coat, because I don't think that she was like trying to discover, you know, the cure for something, but maybe she did have the cure for something. But anyway, she was one of those people who you met, who you instantly liked. And in addition to that, she was one of those people who is a giver. She's somebody who happily refers other people. So over the years that I've known her, more than once, she's told people, hey, you're looking for a keynote speaker or a master of ceremonies. I know somebody. And people who do that and actually follow through and make that introduction, I say they have what's called follow-through DNA. Because so many people say, oh, I could totally refer you. And then they get busy with their own lives and they never do it. Well, today's guest is a person who is a true giver with that little thing in her DNA that causes her to follow through, and we just have to like people like that because they're few and they're far between, and therefore, I wanted to have her on the show so that she can tell us all what she's up to these days, sans the lab coat, and share with us about the great things that she's doing in business and her entrepreneurial journey. So I would like to welcome Jessica Levin to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you, Tom. I'm excited to be here. That was quite an introduction. <laughs> well, why don't you tell everybody who you are and what your business is? Um, well, um, I am the president and chief connector, that gives you any indication, of Seven Degrees Communications. And um, we are a strategic marketing communications company. And basically, we take a business, an association, an organization, and we help them better connect to their target audience um, through traditional and digital marketing tactics uh, with a heavy, heavy emphasis on relationship building. 
So how did you get to this being your business? Did you like come out of college and say, I want to be an entrepreneur and just connect people and do my own thing? Or did you have a corporate job? What did you do originally? Well, it's funny. I actually have a degree in entrepreneurship. Um, So I think I've always wanted to own my own business, but I also have a degree in marketing. And uh, this happened by accident. I was working for an association and uh, really focused a lot on learning about social media. I used to commute to New York and I would read publications. Um, This was before I was really reading a lot online. I would read on the train and I was reading about this thing called Facebook and I was reading about this thing called Twitter. And I really started learning about it and talking to some marketing peers about it. And then one day, a friend of mine called me up and said, hey, we need a social media marketing plan. Can you do this? And I said, sure. And the next day, I started my business. And I did it for about two years while I had a full-time job. And then five years ago, left that full-time job and have been on my own ever since. So it's interesting you say you started off working for an association. I always find that the two people, when I have entrepreneur friends who are looking to make strategic hires, and maybe there's not a lot of experience in their industry, or they're looking for somebody specifically outside their industry, I always say, hire someone who worked for an association or works for an association, or someone who is a meeting planner, or both, because you will never find someone with a better work ethic than people who do meetings and people who work in the association world. So you clearly started off with the right drive in order to have your own business because when you work for an association, you work pretty hard, don't you? Well, we were a small staff association, two people, and I ran half of the association. So I was the meeting planner. I was also the director of membership. I was also the marketing director. I was also the technology guru. So um, I actually learned a lot of operational uh, lessons working for the association that really helped me when I started my business. I mean, even things like, you know, how do I, where, where do I house my email? Um, that type of thing that you may not necessarily learn in a bigger organization, but when it's so small, you're handling those things. And it was a, it was a great skills transfer for me. I was going to make a joke and say Hillary Clinton could have used that, but I don't, (laughs) I don't want to get, I don't want to get political. So Hey, so when I first met you, and I guess it was five years ago because you had just launched your business. When I first met you, you were speaking wearing a lab coat. What was that all about? So one of the services that we offer is something called a social tech clinic. And it's basically going on site at conferences and helping people use technology hands-on. And so we're the social technicians, so that hence the lab coat. Clever. Um, And it's it's a little kitschy, but uh, we actually teach in a no-fear format, meaning you can come up to us and ask any question, and there are no dumb questions. You know, people can be really intimidated about, I don't know how to use my phone or something really sophisticated where they need some digital marketing strategy. And we kind of fill in the gaps there. And one of the reasons we do it on site at conferences is that a lot of organizations are looking to, especially associations, are looking to advance their members or their audience. And how can they start using modern communication tools if their attendees and their audience is a little bit behind? So we help them move everybody along. Well, you know, it's funny because you said, hey, it's a little kitschy. 
but I remembered it and I've always remembered it. And one of the things when I counsel people who either want to be professional speakers or want to speak as part of their business, it's you've got to stand out from the crowd. And so many people want to go in and look just like every other speaker and do exactly what everybody else is doing. And at the end of the day, people's memories aren't what we think they are. We always think they're going to remember us. It, it drives me, I don't say it drives me mad because I, I don't really care, but I, I always find it funny when I get up and speak for an hour and people will come up to me afterwards and they will say, Tim, that is the best speech I've ever seen. And it's like, wait a minute, it's the best speech you've ever seen. And somehow my name got changed from Tom to Tim <laughs> or Todd or, you know, even differently, they'll be like, Mike, that was so great. I'm like, who is Mike? You know, if you look at my slides, it says Tom Singer on like every third slide. Uh, so, you know, people's memories aren't that great. So I always tell people you, you have to find a way to stand out. And so, you know, I think you did a good job with that. Well, thanks. You know, it's sort of like the, I don't care what you call me as long as you call me. <laughs> <laughs> but nowadays you do so much more. So, you know, you, you speak about different things and you, you work with different groups. So let's go a little deeper into sort of what are the services that you offer and how do you make, you know, how do you make a wow for your clients? What, why do they come back to you? Um, I think they come back to us because we serve as an extension of their team, um, most of our clients are on retainer and we are their outsourced marketing consultant, marketing director, or membership director. Uh, we do work on projects, but even in that case, we really like to serve as an extension of our client's team rather than another vendor. And I think that's what makes a difference. Uh, we definitely like to focus on being creative, but we are in theory, a creative agency. So that's to be expected, but we're not afraid to try new things. And we'll say to our clients, don't know if this is going to work. We're not making promises, especially if we're trying to use a new piece of technology, a new social media tool that maybe nobody's tried. We'll say, you know, let's try this and see if it works. And I think people really respect us for that. We're not we're not guaranteeing results. What we're doing is helping position them as forward thinking. So you majored in entrepreneurship, so this idea was there from the beginning. What is it now that you've been doing this f by yourself or, or you know, as an entrepreneur for the last five years? What is it that you love about the life of being an entrepreneur? Um, I think I like the flexibility to be able to create a culture. Um, I have a team now of uh, the equivalent of five people. Um, they're, some of them are virtual. Um, and we, we have our own culture and that's really important that we're not trying to fit into somebody else's definition of how we work. Um, I worked in, uh, accounting firms for a long time and I worked for an association of accounting firms and, um, they have a very unique work ethic. Um, you know, it's, you get pride points for working long hours and working on weekends. And, you know, my team, we work really hard and we stay when we have to, but we really embrace the fun. We really embrace, all right, you know what, we might do summer Fridays and we really embrace having a life and really enjoying life, um, experiencing life. That's a really strong part of our culture as well as giving back. Um, that's another part of our culture and being nice and, being an entrepreneur, we're able to define who we are and how we work and who we work with. So is there anything that you don't love as much? Are there ever any days that you wake up and think, you know, I could still be working for that association or a new association and like get a check every single, you know, two weeks? 
Listen, that, that happens, especially, I mean, I was making a nice salary and, um, I had a nice savings and it was, it was a, allowed me to have a good life. Um, and I never thought about the money whereas now, you know, you have to go out and you have to hustle. Um, and there are some days when I feel overwhelmed and I'm just like, I would like to go home and turn it all off and not have to worry about it until Monday. But the truth is, is that when I had that job, I wasn't really doing that. And I was working weekends and I was thinking about the job. Um, and I just remember that and remember that the grass really is greener for me. <laughs> so what advice do you have for people who they're listening to this and they think, okay, so Jessica Levin made the jump from a job to her own business. I want to do what she did. What would you tell them to do? Well, I think the first thing is, is that not everybody has to be an entrepreneur. We're definitely living in this world where there's a lot more. There's a lot more opportunities for solopreneurs. Um, for me, as I mentioned, you know, I had a lot of that operational background that helped me figure out just how to do things. Um, so I think that helps if you don't have that skill, you need to find resources that can help you just from an organizational and operational perspective. Um, the one thing I think as an entrepreneur is you have to be able and be comfortable with selling, um, or have a partner who can sell, you know, I know people who are really talented, maybe they're talented web designers or they're, you know, talented at construction or something, um, that's, you know, a, a really significant skill that's unique, but they can't sell and they're afraid to ask for the business. And as an entrepreneur, you can't be afraid to ask for the business. You have to be comfortable doing that. Well, and you bring up, you know, sort of an interesting point in that, and that is that entrepreneurship isn't for everyone. And we live in a society where it's being total, totally championed. I think there's a lot of people out there who think, oh, I totally want that because it's like the cool kids party, right? It's like, I want to be invited to that. But if you don't really know what you're getting yourself into, I think, you know, whether it's the operation side or the sales side or anything like that, I think that sometimes people make the leap only to find out like, oh my gosh, I, I just put my ladder against the wrong wall. Right. And, you know, the other thing is, you know, I mentioned like the solopreneur um, or somebody like me who has a team, you know, are you comfortable managing people? That's, an, you know, that's another thing that you really have to think about. Maybe you did come from a large corporate environment where you had a, a team of people, but a lot of people don't want to deal with that. Um, and that get you can still be an entrepreneur without having staff, but you have to know your strengths and what you like to do and what you don't like to do. And in any job, whether it's your own or you're working for somebody, there's always going to be things you don't like to do, right? I don't like to write proposals. I love to get on the phone with you and talk about what we do, but actually writing the proposals is really painful for me. But have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I am a pure solopreneur. I don't really have a team. You know, every now and then I'll hire a contractor to help me with something like designing my website or whatever. But for the most part, it's just me. And it's true. I, I you know, I don't like doing certain things, but I have to just trudge through and do it. But for me, I kind of like the solopreneur lifestyle because I'm not responsible for anybody else. I mean, it's hard enough to be responsible for myself most days. <laughs> having employees is like having children. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're responsible for their welfare. Right. 
Right. Well, and and it's maybe worse than, you know, it's maybe worse than having children because at the end of the day, you can love your children unconditionally. I don't know if you can always love your employees unconditionally. I certainly try to. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I've got more questions for you, Jessica, but first I have to thank the sponsor. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Jessica Levin. So if you want to start a podcast, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and see the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Jessica, how important do you think, you know, you call yourself sort of the chief connector. How important do you think networking is for entrepreneurs? Um, it's, you know, in, in the top three, <laughs> um, I, I mean, I'm a networker. I, I wrote a book on networking. This is, that is a, a part of my DNA to network, but, um, I feel like not just for, for entrepreneurs, but if you're in business, you, you are only made better by the relationships that you have, whether you're networking with potential clients, you're networking with vendor partners, you're networking with referral sources, or you're networking, you know, like Tom, you and I do in terms of kind of being colleagues and being able to share ideas back and forth about being entrepreneurs. You definitely have to go out there and meet people, whether you're meeting them at local chamber events, if you're meeting them through associations or major industry conferences, or if you're meeting them online. So, and I think one of the things that, you know, because you you know about this stuff too, I think one of the things people forget is networking isn't just one-sided. It's not just, I need something, I better go meet people. Part of it is you have to be willing to talk people up and either directly refer them or what I know you do a lot is you just give good support. When someone's name is brought up in the community of, oh, maybe we should use that vendor or this vendor. If you know them, you know, you will champion in saying, oh my gosh, yes. And, and it's that good vibes that you give to your network where, you know, it's not always the direct referral, but sometimes it's just helping build up their name in, in little ways that really makes the whole process work. Because if we only network up the ladder or we only network when we want something, it doesn't work because it's got to be give and take. Uh, yeah. I mean, I look at it more more from the, it, you know, it's about the give. Um, and I differentiate between networking and connecting, right? Networking is the act of going out there and building the relationships or or the act of going out there and meeting people. The connecting is where you're taking it to the next level and you're building those relationships and you are helping other people succeed by putting their name out there or referring them or simply bringing two people together that you think need to know each other. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. So Jessica, I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What's the coolest thing you're doing with your business right now? The coolest thing that we're doing. Um, that's a tough one. Oh, I, I do know, actually. I mean, this is kind of very timely. We are working on our 4th of July card, um, which is really fun. Um, I don't want to ruin the whole surprise, but, um, you know, everybody sends holiday cards in December, and we thought it was a great way to check in with our 
our clients or referral sources by sending them a 4th of July greeting. Um, And it's also going to directly tie into a charity that I work with. Oh, that is so cool. And I I have a friend who does uh, St. Patrick's Day cards rather than Christmas cards. And it's the only one since my aunt passed away because I come from a big Irish family. My aunt used to send all of her nephews and nieces St. Patrick's Day cards. And since she passed away, the only one I get is from this business associate of mine. And what she did is she had traveled to Ireland many years ago, and she took a bunch of pictures. And every year she takes a picture from her trip, has it made into a greeting card, and then sends it to everybody with a little story about what was that picture about. And where you get thousands or hundreds, I mean thousands, but you know dozens or hundreds of, of holiday cards in December – you're only getting one St. Patrick's Day card, or in your case, one Fourth of July card. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, you know, it's again, it's not a huge, it's not a huge project, but it's fun, and we just finished it yesterday, so that's why. When you asked, you know, in terms of it being timely, we just came up with the design and everything, so we're <laughs> we're excited about it. So I love to ask the guests who come on this show. I love to ask them about who they see out there who are entrepreneurs, who are doing cool stuff, because I believe that great entrepreneurs are observers. So I think they're watching what other people are doing. And we could talk about your business, you know, all. Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Well, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, episode number 180. We're closing in on that 200 mark, and as I think about it, it's still a while away. That would make it like 10 weeks out with two shows a week, but 10 weeks is going to fly by in no time, and I am trying to come up with ideas for who to have on episode 200. So if you know anybody who's famous in business and you would like to share that idea with me, I'm really looking for someone that's like out of my like area that I can reach them. So if you happen to be Mark Cuban's brother or uh, somebody like that, just call me and say, hey, I've got guest number 200 all lined up for you, and, and, and that would make my day really happy. So we've come a long way since we started this a year and a half ago, and we've had some really good shows, and we're interviewing really cool people, and the audience, you know, it grew for a while, then it leveled out. All of a sudden, we are getting a lot more attention for this show. So thank you. Thank you for all of you who tell your friends about cool things entrepreneurs do. Those of us who follow us on Twitter at cool podcast and uh, everything else, because this is a fun project for me. And I like the feedback that I get from everybody about how much they enjoy the interviews because the people who are coming on the show, they are doing amazing things just like today's guest. So I first met today's guest, I want to say six years ago when I spoke at a conference in New York and she was one of the other featured speakers and she was at the time there wearing a lab coat and I'll make her tell you why she was wearing a lab coat because I don't think that she was like trying to discover, you know, the cure for something, but maybe she did have the cure for something. But anyway, she was one of those people who you met, who you instantly liked. And in addition to that, she was one of those people who is a giver. She's somebody who happily refers other people. So over the years that I've known her, more than once, she's told people, hey, you're looking for a keynote speaker or a master of ceremonies. I know somebody. And people who do that and actually follow through and make that introduction, I say they have what's called follow-through 
DNA. Because so many people say, oh, I could totally refer you. And then they get busy with their own lives and they never do it. Well, today's guest is a person who is a true giver with that little thing in her DNA that causes her to follow through. And we just have to like people like that because they're few and they're far between. And therefore, I wanted to have her on the show so that she can tell us all what she's up to these days, sans the lab coat, and share with us about the great things that she's doing in business and her entrepreneurial journey. So I would like to welcome Jessica Levin to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you, Tom. I'm excited to be here. That was quite an introduction. (laughs) Well, why don't you tell everybody who you are and what your business is? Um, Well, um, I am the president and chief connector, that gives you any indication, of Seven Degrees Communications. And um, we are a strategic marketing communications company. And basically, we take a business, an association, an organization, and we help them better connect to their target audience um, through traditional and digital marketing tactics uh, with a heavy, heavy emphasis on relationship building. So how did you get to this being your business? Did you like come out of college and say, I want to be an entrepreneur and just connect people and do my own thing? Or did you have a corporate job? What did you do originally? Well, it's funny. I actually have a degree in entrepreneurship. Um, So I think I've always wanted to own my own business, but I also have a degree in marketing. And uh, this happened by accident. I was working for an association and uh, really focused a lot on learning about social media. I used to commute to New York and I would read publications. Um, This was before I was really reading a lot online. I would read on the train And I was reading about this thing called Facebook, and I was reading about this thing called Twitter. And I really started learning about it and talking to some marketing peers about it. And then one day, a friend of mine called me up and said, hey, we need a social media marketing plan. Can you do this? And I said, sure. And the next day, I started my business. And I did it for about two years while I had a full-time job and then five years ago, left that full-time job and have been on my own ever since. So it's interesting you say you started off working for an association. I always find that the two people, when I have entrepreneur friends who are looking to make strategic hires, and maybe there's not a lot of experience in their industry, or they're looking for somebody specifically outside their industry, I always say, hire someone who worked for an association or works for an association, or someone who is a meeting planner, or both, because you will never find someone with a better work ethic than people who do meetings and people who work in the association world. So you clearly started off with the right drive in order to have your own business, because when you work for an association, you work pretty hard, don't you? Well, we were a small staff association, two people, and I ran half of the association. So I was the meeting planner. I was also the director of membership. I was also the marketing director. I was also the technology guru. So um, I actually learned a lot of operational uh, lessons working for the association that really helped me when I started my business. I mean, even things like, you know, how do I, where, where do I house my email? Um, that type of thing that you may not necessarily learn in a bigger organization, but when it's so small, you're handling those things. And it was a, it was a great skills transfer for me. I was going to make a joke and say Hillary Clinton could have used that, but I don't, (laughs) I don't want to get, I don't want to get political. So 
Hey, so when I first met you, and I guess it was five years ago because you had just launched your business. When I first met you, you were speaking wearing a lab coat. What was that all about? So one of the services that we offer is something called a social tech clinic. And it's basically going on site at conferences and helping people use technology hands-on. And so we're the social technicians, so ah, that hence the clever, lab coat. Clever. Um, and it's, you know, it's a little kitschy, but uh, we actually teach in a no-fear format, meaning you can come up to us and ask any question, and there are no dumb questions. You know, people can be really intimidated about, I don't know how to use my phone or something really sophisticated where they need some digital marketing strategy. And we kind of fill in the gaps there. And one of the reasons we do it on site at conferences is that a lot of organizations are looking to, especially associations, are looking to advance their members or their audience. And how can they start using modern communication tools if their attendees and their audience is a little bit behind? So we help them move everybody along. Well, you know, it's funny because you said, hey, it's a little kitschy, but I remembered it and I've always remembered it. And one of the things when I counsel people who either want to be professional speakers or want to speak as part of their business, it's you've got to stand out from the crowd. And so many people want to go in and look just like every other speaker and do exactly what everybody else is doing. And at the end of the day, people's memories aren't what we think they are. We always think they're going to remember us. It, it drives me, I don't say it drives me mad because I, I don't really care, but I, I always find it funny when I get up and speak for an hour and people will come up to me afterwards and they will say, Tim, that is the best speech I've ever seen. And it's like, wait a minute, it's the best speech you've ever seen. And somehow my name got changed from Tom to Tim <laughs> or Todd or, you know, even differently, they'll be like, Mike, that was so great. I'm like, who is Mike? You know, if you look at my slides, it says Tom Singer on like every third slide. Uh, so, you know, people's memories aren't that great. So I always tell people you, you have to find a way to stand out. And so, you know, I think you did a good job with that. Well, thanks. You know, it's sort of like the I don't care what you call me as long as you call me. <laughs> <laughs> but nowadays you do so much more. So, you know, you, you speak about different things and you, you work with different groups. So let's go a little deeper into sort of what are the services that you offer and how do you make, you know, how do you make a wow for your clients? What, why do they come back to you? Um, I think they come back to us because we serve as an extension of their team. Um, most of our clients are on retainer and we are their outsourced marketing consultant, marketing director, or membership director. Uh, we do work on projects, but even in that case, we really like to serve as an extension of our client's team rather than another vendor. And I think that's what makes a difference. Uh, we definitely like to focus on being creative, but we are in theory, a creative agency. So that's to be expected, but we're not afraid to try new things. And we'll say to our clients, don't know if this is going to work. We're not making promises, uh, especially if we're trying to use a new piece of technology, a new social media tool that maybe nobody's tried. We'll say, you know, let's try this and see if it works. And I think people really respect us for that. We're not we're not guaranteeing results. What we're doing is helping position them as forward thinking. So you majored in entrepreneurship, so this idea was there from the beginning. What is it now that you've been doing this f by yourself or, or you know, as an entrepreneur for the last five years? What is it that you love about the life of being an entrepreneur? Um, I think I like the flexibility to be able to create a culture 
Um, I have a team now of uh, the equivalent of five people. Um, there, some of them are virtual, um, and we we have our own culture, and that's really important. That we're not trying to fit into somebody else's definition of how we work. Um, I worked in uh, accounting firms for a long time, and I worked for an association of accounting firms, and um, they have a very unique work ethic. Um, you know, it's you get pride points for working long hours and working on weekends. And, you know, my team, we work really hard and we stay when we have to, but we really embrace the fun. We really embrace, all right, you know what, we might do summer Fridays. And we really embrace having a life and really enjoying life, um, experiencing life. That's a really strong part of our culture, as well as giving back. Um, that's another part of our culture and being nice. And being an entrepreneur, we're able to define who we are and how we work and who we work with. So is there anything that you don't love as much? Are there ever any days that you wake up and think, you know, I could still be working for that association or a new association and like get a check every single, you know, two weeks? If it, listen, that, that happens, especially, I mean, I was making a nice salary and um, I had a nice savings and it was it was a it allowed me to have a good life, um, and I never thought about the money. Whereas now, you know, you have to go out and you have to hustle. Um, and there are some days when I feel overwhelmed, and I'm just like, I would like to go home and turn it all off and not have to worry about it until Monday. But the truth is, is that when I had that job, I wasn't really doing that, and I was working weekends, and I was thinking about the job, um, and I just remember that and remember that the grass really is greener for me. <laughs> so what advice do you have for people who they're listening to this and they think, okay, so Jessica Levin made the jump from a job to her own business. I want to do what she did. What would you tell them to do? Well, I think the first thing is, is that not everybody has to be an entrepreneur. We're definitely living in this world where there's a lot more, there's a lot more opportunities for solopreneurs. Um, for me, as I mentioned, you know, I had a lot of that operational background that helped me figure out just how to do things. Um, so I think that helps. If you don't have that skill, you need to find resources that can help you just from an organizational and operational perspective. Um, the one thing I think as an entrepreneur is you have to be able and be comfortable with selling um, or have a partner who can sell, you know, I know people who are really talented, maybe they're talented web designers or they're, you know, talented at construction or something, um, that's, you know, a, a really significant skill that's unique, but they can't sell and they're afraid to ask for the business. And as an entrepreneur, you can't be afraid to ask for the business. You have to be comfortable doing that. Well, and you bring up, you know, sort of an interesting point in that, and that is that entrepreneurship isn't for everyone. And we live in a society where it's being total, totally championed. I think there's a lot of people out there who think, oh, I totally want that because it's like the cool kids party, right? It's like, I want to be invited to that. But if you don't really know what you're getting yourself into, I think, you know, whether it's the operation side or the sales side or anything like that, I think that sometimes people make the leap only to find out like, oh my gosh, I, I just put my ladder against the wrong wall. Right. And, you know, the other thing is, you know, I mentioned like the solopreneur um, or somebody like me who has a team, you know, are you comfortable managing people? 
that's an, you know, that's another thing that you really have to think about. Maybe you did come from a large corporate environment where you had a, a team of people, but a lot of people don't want to deal with that. Um, and that get you can still be an entrepreneur without having staff, but you have to know your strengths and what you like to do and what you don't like to do. And in any job, whether it's your own or you're working for somebody, there's always going to be things you don't like to do, right? I don't like to write proposals. I love to get on the phone with you and talk about what we do, but actually writing the proposals is really painful for me. But have to do it. <laughs> well, and I am a pure solopreneur. I don't really have a team. You know, every now and then I'll hire a contractor to help me with something like designing my website or whatever. But for the most part, it's just me. And it's true. I, I, you know, I don't like doing certain things, but I have to just trudge through and do it. But for me, I kind of like the solopreneur lifestyle because I'm not responsible for anybody else. I mean, it's hard enough to be responsible for myself most days. <laughs> having employees is like having children. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're responsible for their welfare. Right, right. Well, and, and it's maybe worse than, you know, it's maybe worse than having children because at the end of the day, you can love your children unconditionally. I don't know if you can always love your employees unconditionally. I certainly try to. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've got more questions for you, Jessica, but first I have to thank the sponsor. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Jessica Levin. So if you want to start a podcast, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and see the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Jessica, how important do you think, you know, you call yourself sort of the chief connector. How important do you think networking is for entrepreneurs? Um, it's, you know, in, in the top three. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I'm a networker. I, I wrote a book on networking. This is, that is a, a part of my DNA to network. But um, I feel like not just for, for entrepreneurs, but if you're in business, you you are only made better by the relationships that you have, whether you're networking with potential clients, you're networking with vendor partners, you're networking with referral sources, or you're networking, you know, like Tom, you and I do in terms of kind of being colleagues and being able to share ideas back and forth about being entrepreneurs. You definitely have to go out there and meet people, whether you're meeting them at local chamber events, if you're meeting them through associations or major industry conferences, or if you're meeting them online. So, and I think one of the things that, you know, because you, you know about this stuff too, I think one of the things people forget is networking isn't just one-sided. It's not just, I need something, I better go meet people. Part of it is you have to be willing to talk people up and either directly refer them or what I know you do a lot is you just give good support. When someone's name is brought up in the community of, oh, maybe we should use that vendor or this vendor. If you know them, you know, you will champion in saying, oh my gosh, yes. And, and it's that good vibes that you give to your network where, you know, it's not always the direct referral, but sometimes it's just helping build up their name in, in little ways that really makes the whole process work. Because if we only network up the ladder or we only network when we want something, it doesn't work because it's got to be give and take. Uh, yeah. I mean, I look at it more, more from the, it, you know, it's about the give. Um, and I 
differentiate between networking and connecting, right? Networking is the act of going out there and building the relationships or, or the act of going out there and meeting people. The connecting is where you're taking it to the next level and you're building those relationships and you are helping other people succeed by putting their name out there or referring them or simply bringing two people together that you think need to know each other. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what it's all about. So Jessica, I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs do. What's the coolest thing you're doing with your business right now? The coolest thing that we're doing. Um, that's a tough one. Oh, I, I do know, actually. I mean, this is kind of very timely. We are working on our 4th of July card, um, which is really fun. Um, I don't want to ruin the whole surprise, but, um, you know, everybody sends holiday cards in December. And we thought it was a great way to check in with our our clients or our referral sources by sending them a 4th of July greeting. Um, and it's also going to directly tie into a charity that I work with. Oh, that is so cool. And I, I have a friend who does uh, St. Patrick's Day cards rather than Christmas cards. And it's the only one since my aunt passed away because I come from a big Irish family, my aunt used to send all of her nephews and nieces St. Patrick's Day cards. And since she passed away, the only one I get is from this business associate of mine. And what she did is she had traveled to Ireland many years ago, and she took a bunch of pictures. And every year, she takes a picture from her trip, has it made into a greeting card, and then sends it to everybody with a little story about what was that picture about. And where you get thousands or hundreds, I mean thousands, but you know dozens or hundreds of, of holiday cards in December – you're only getting one St. Patrick's Day card, or in your case, one Fourth of July card. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, you know, it's again, it's not a huge, it's not a huge project, but it's fun, and we just finished it yesterday. So that's why when you asked, you know, in terms of it being timely, we just came up with the design and everything. So we're <laughs> we're excited about it. So I love to ask the guests who come on this show. I love to ask them about who they see out there who are entrepreneurs, who are doing cool stuff. Because I believe that great entrepreneurs are observers. So I think they're watching what other people are doing. And we could talk about your business you know, all day long. But who's someone else out there where you say, wow, that person, they're, they're doing something pretty cool? Um, well, from in terms of somebody that I admire, um, I met with the CEO of a company called iSims. Um, and they're a New Jersey-based company and we just happened to kind of cross paths in a few different places. And I started seeing their company name everywhere um, on the highway when I listened to Pandora and, um, in, you know, in some organizations. And I just said I wanted to meet with the CEO. And um, they are one of the fastest growing companies in New Jersey. And what they're doing, um, they're really focused on hiring local they're, um, they're a company that's been around for a long time, but their growth has been, you know, really, really accelerated. So this is definitely not a small business. Um, it's a, you know, it's, it's a fairly large business now, but in talking with the CEO, his name is Colin Day. Um, the lesson that I got from him was that he's just laser focused on the one thing that his business does. And that to me was just a really really powerful takeaway um, to be really focused on one thing and doing one thing really, really well. Um, and, you know, I mentioned like they're, they're advertising, they're recruiting using Pandora 
and they have signage that's right up the highway that's focused on hiring and, and recruiting. And um, they're trying to take people who are um, maybe commuting into New York and saying, hey, you know what? You don't have to go into New York to have a really cool job. You can mm-hmm. have one that locally. And um, I just feel like as a company, what they're doing for our community and understanding a little bit about that, having that laser focus approach and that contributing to success um, has been something that I have really thought about um, and kind of looked at in terms of a mentor for me. No, and, and I think it's great when people answer that question with someone local in their community because, you know, we can all admire the Elon Musks of the world. But when it's someone, you know, nearby who's really impacting the people who live on your street, that makes it even cooler. Yeah, it's neat to see. In, in fact, I actually got a message from somebody just yesterday who was interviewing at that company and said, and just happened to ask me, do I know anybody there? <laughs> um, so I definitely saw that, saw that impact. And so that happened yesterday. Yeah, that's cool. So my favorite question that I ask is what do you do to give back to the greater good? Because in addition to being good observers, I think entrepreneurs want to do more than make money. I think they want to leave a mark. So, so I know you do a lot. What do you do? Well, there's, there's two things. One is um, that I that I live an intentional life of being a connector, and I wake up every day and I wonder who I can help, who I can connect, and I generally make at least one connection a day. Um, yesterday I knew about a couple of jobs, and then I knew about a couple of people who were looking for jobs, and so I just shared that with my network and said, you know, who can I bring together? Um, so that's kind of philosophically how I live my life. Um, the other thing is that. Um, I donate a large portion of my time to a charity called Operation Barbecue Relief, and I serve as their director of marketing. So I basically take my skills um, and, and my team's skills and uh, help this organization. Um, I am now a part of the organization, um, get the word out there, and we uh, deploy to disasters and feed people hot barbecue meals. Okay, so I live in Texas, so when you said it was barbecue relief, I was like, this sounds awesome. So tell me a little bit more, because that does sound like something that could be replicated all over the place. So tell us a little bit more about what you guys do. Um, so we're actually, we're, we're a national organization, and uh, five years ago, actually five years ago this week, um, after the tornadoes hit Joplin, Missouri, a group of competitive barbecuers who are used to going out and competing with a truck and being really self-sufficient went out to Joplin to see how they could help. And they ended up being there for about 12 days. And I think they were served over a hundred thousand meals um, and realized that there was a huge need to be able to provide meals quickly after disaster hit. Um, so three years ago when we got hit by hurricane Sandy here in New Jersey, uh, a friend of mine actually from another association reached out to me and said, Hey, um, my brother-in-law is involved in this. Can you help? And so I, you know, everybody after Sandy was helping and, um, I watched what the organization did and, you know, helped amplify their message through social media and make some connections and decided that I wanted to be a part of it because, um, since that time in Joplin, since Sandy, um, the number of, uh, you know, places that we've gone, we've now served over 700,000 meals 
to people who are who are in need to both um, the survivors, the first responders, and the volunteers. So, you know, I call this show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, and I learn so many cool things. I mean, a disaster, I've never been part of one, and so, you know, knock on wood, but it would be awful to have to go through what these people have been through. And oftentimes getting food and water to these people I know is, is, is a tough thing. And lots of times it's a peanut butter sandwich. How cool to have like competitive barbecuers bring their rigs in and, you know, be able to get some hot meals to people. I mean, this is the spirit of entrepreneurship in, at its it best. Is. Yeah. You know, and the people who it was started, you know, they didn't know what they were starting. <laughs> and I've never been on a deployment. I've only been behind the scenes. Um, but I've, you know, I've seen the videos and I've read the stories and I've talked to a number of the people who have been. And, you know, it gives you chills when you hear about it. Um, and to know that um, they really are making a difference and we are making a difference just by giving somebody a hot meal after they've lost everything. Wow, that that's awesome. That's why I love this question. Hey, Jessica Levin, thank you for being a guest on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. If somebody wants to find out more about you and your company, where do they go? Um, our website is 7degreescommunications.com. It's all spelled out. Seven spelled out. Degrees is plural. Communications is plural. Um, I'm also on social media. You can find me just about everywhere. Jessica Levin, um, Twitter, Facebook. Um, I'm, I'm pretty accessible. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. And you really are delightful. I hope our paths cross again sometime. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. As I always say, we wouldn't have a show if it wasn't for the audience. Check us out on Facebook. Uh, We have a Facebook page for Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Check us out on Twitter, at Cool Podcast. I was so happy that at Cool Podcast was available uh, because it is a cool podcast, I hope. And then also, if you're interested in joining our group coaching community, the Cool Things Project, we have a bunch of people. Some are entrepreneurs. Some are just entrepreneurial in the businesses that they're in. And we have a weekly hangout and we get on and we talk about issues that we're trying to accomplish for visibility, for marketing, for PR, just whatever whatever challenges people are facing in business, and we're really helping people with that. If you want to find out how to join and what it costs, you can jump over to TomSinger.com, go to the About button, pull it down. There'll be a thing that says Group Coaching Program, everything you want to know right there. would love to have you join the Cool Things Project. We're going to be back in a couple of days with another interview with somebody just as cool as Jessica Levin. But in the meantime, go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.